0: Literally Honest Loan Officer Podcast. I'm Stephen Brock, and this is Derek Brown here. My, my my handsome partner. Oh, sorry, I couldn't read that handwriting. Ah, but wow. uh, Derek Brown, and hey we buddy. are with the mortgage firm here in Florida. So this podcast episode, our third one, we're going to be going over some income that you didn't think you have or that you know about. So there's kind of different ways of how normal income qualifies and then what are some other alternatives to the normal income and how do we actually look at that? So let's kind of get into it Derek. So can you kind of like start explaining how we kind of qualify a borrower if they just have normal income?
1: Yeah, just everybody listening, we're when we say normal income, we're cur- like we're referring to full-time salaried employee. So you work for a company 40 hours a week and you might just get a base salary. So if your salary is $60,000 a year, we would qualify that as $5,000 a month. We go by gross. Uh, And then that's your income. And then divided by your uh, debts and the future mortgage payment, that's what we get your DTI and your approval amount is based on that. Um, So then some people say, well, what about like, you know, part-time workers? So if you're working a little less than 40 hours a week, we typically need a two-year work history to show you know your average over the two years for the amount of hours. And then we would take that times your new rate of pay. So if you received some increase in pay um, since you started, that's great. And we would use the new pay amount um, times your average hours per month. And then that would be your qualifying income. So that's what we'd use uh, for people that are normal income, as we say.
0: Yeah, you mean bonus the same way, two-year history. Showing two years worth of bonuses happening, you know what we're looking for. is, is the the reoccurrence of it, the sustainability of it. Um, because your know, bonuses aren't guaranteed, but if you were getting them for the last couple of years, that we can see that kind of thing and and, and use it. Um, so that those are a good thing. And then, I, I guess there's stipends that are in there. You see a lot with the police officers and stuff like that, where they get like uniforms you know,
1: allowance for uniforms, allowance for this or that. For dams and stuff like that. It all kind of depends. Uh, We see a lot, I will say, especially since we started doing Hometown Heroes when it originally came out, we're working with a lot of nurses. um, And then police officers have it sometimes too, but we see it so much with nurses where they have third shift differential, weekend differential, and it's, you know, increased pay per hour. Uh, So again, we're looking for an average of that. So if you've been a nurse for six months and you've got all these different pays, we may not be able to use all of it. It might be a little bit more difficult, but if you've been for two years, um, you've got all these different breakdowns of pay. A lot of times the employer will give us a verification of employment, helping us break that down. And then we will you know, go from there.
0: All right, before we kind of get into some other different incomes, there's also a lot of people think that, okay, if they switch jobs, they got to be at that new job for two years. Is that true?
1: Uh, it's not a perfectly yes or no answer. I mm-hmm. would say not true. <laughs> I'd start there. Um, It really depends on kind of the field or where you're at before to what you're going to next. um, If you are salaried or not. Uh, But what we look at like underwriting guidelines might be a little strict. And then that's our job as loan officers to help the underwriter understand. Um, So if you're, if you've got a new, better job, like higher pay, you're allowed to switch industries. You know, you can go from being, um, a full-time produce clerk at Publix to being a teacher if you're going to make more income doing that um, or that's the field you were looking at when you're going to school. Um, So it really just depends on that. But if you're increasing your pay, uh, better hours, something like that, great. However, if you're going from like a salary position to a commission position, that could pose a problem because that is a completely different kind of pay.
0: Exactly. So let's let's get into that. Now that you've brought up commission income, what are we looking for that? You know, usually same thing as overtime. We're looking for that two year history. You know, We're both commissioned. So, you know, when we start out, like basically our, if we were trying to get a mortgage within two years of starting to work at our job and coming from a field that we weren't already doing the similar thing, you know, if we switched mortgage companies. One thing, but uh, the commission wouldn't count. You know, we had to have a two year here. Two-year, two year. wow, that was hard to say, two-year history, and we take that average of it. So, um, and as long as it's not declining, we don't want to see a decline from, hey, year one to year two, now we have questions with it. You know, why did it decline? What's going on with it? Uh, so, that that's usually the most common one when people are W-2 actually employees, but what if they're self-employed? What are their income? You know, I know we were probably going to do a whole nother podcast on that, but self-employment, I mean, you really get into it. Um, So we'll go over that one day, but.
1: Self-employment is just harder because they're allowed write-offs. Correct. Like I can't do a ton of write-offs as a W-2 employee, unless I've got a side business, Um, which again, that's self-employment. So should, as a self-employed borrower, should you claim every bit of income and not write anything off and then pay Uncle Sam? no that sucks like you should always take advantage of tax strategies to avoid paying more than you have to uh but we go by when we're doing qualifying income it's your net so you have your gross income if you made hundred thousand dollars but you wrote off 50 we can go by the 50 the net you know if you made two hundred thousand dollars but your accountant is amazing and it's showing fifty thousand dollar net income we're going by 50. you know so there's some things we can add back to depreciation and a couple other areas, uh, but usually it doesn't amount to like what they're really making. So
0: yeah, the overall, no, not at all. So but let, let's go over some of the other income that that we considered, I guess perfectly legit income then. You know, stuff that's not self-employed, but that's not just from the salary of an
1: employee. And I, I think sometimes it's just people kind of forget about it. They don't consider it income. Uh so child support. We can use child support alimony separate maintenance we have to show uh proof that the person has received it for six months on time regular payments Uh, and then we have to prove that there's going to be three more years left of it so if you get child support
0: child support alimony we can't ask for it they have to disclose it right so we can't ask the borrower hey do you collect child support we can ask if they pay child support but do they collect it we can't ask that question so if they never disclose it to us we have no way of knowing,
1: unless we see it on a bank statement. We might,
0: yeah, like yeah, be able to mean? ask
1: something. Um, but yeah, otherwise we we wouldn't know. Um, it's it's not like you get a W two for your child support receipts. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, we're looking to make sure that it lasts three years from the time of application. So it's for a seventeen year old and will end in a year. We most likely, will not be able to use that. Um, so it kind of just depends. You've also got your social security disability. Um, so that and that's where some people think like oh like my grandfather gets social security or disability not that's not always the case um if you have a child with a disability and you're the payee for it and you're receiving their social security benefits technically we can use that as income i i collect ba disability oh but that's now that's disclosed on your certificate of eligibility isn't it it would be
0: on my certificate of it, it would show that I don't have to pay the VA funding fee. It doesn't tell you what I collect. I don't believe on this. Eh, check that, Stevens. I and mean, maybe it does, but you still got to prove it. Now, right. the other part of those is a lot of the social security and disabilities are only taxed, if at all, or only to a certain portion. So some of those we can actually increase. Like VA disability is not taxed at all. It's not on the right. tax return at all. Um, so you can actually round that number up depending on the type of loan, up to, you know, 25% additionally to it. So that's the right. additional, quote-unquote, income, qualifying income with it that you didn't
1: really have in there. All right. Uh, let's see. Pension, retirement. To, so, and that might be from somebody who receives a pension, uh, but they moved from, let's just say a teacher was working in New York and decided to semi-retire to Florida, and they started teaching in Florida, but they retired from uh you know uh the school in new york they might receive a pension right now while they're still teaching um so that's one thing we look for is extra retirement or pension income usually it's pretty easy to qualify for it you get a pension statement um you might have to look at uh, tax returns depending on if we're getting a 1099 type of thing uh but usually that's pretty easy to qualify with as well
0: a lot of police officers and firefighters have it too um when they were Like I know my brother-in-law had one when he was in a smaller town that then the county took over their police department so technically the county gave him one pension but he was still working for him but the Florida state since it was in that small town took it over and he was getting that while he was still working for once he got so many years of it so they might have two or three and they might be collecting it while they're still working like you said with the teacher right just just depending
1: right and then one of my favorite ones IRA distribution um, it's just because it's easy. We can kind of set the tone of what we want. So if you've got an IRA, uh, typically this is for somebody a little bit older, that's been putting into a uh, IRA retirement account. Uh, but the way we qualify is we divide that account by 36. We might do a little bit higher so that there's a little bit left. Um, and if there's no penalties or anything, you just set up that go- gross distribution. So let's make it easier. If we've got in an IRA, right, Mm -hmm. and then you divide that by 36. We can use as much as $10,277 in qualifying monthly income. So then we could round down, leave a little buffer in there and say $10,000 a month is now in qualifying income. We just have the financial advisor that handles the account, send us a letter stating that they are doing an IRA distribution monthly. And then we show one distribution. We have to do it one time. Close, closing. Yep. and then a lot of times borrowers cancel after that, so it's just one-time distribution, and we're good to go.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, that is that is a huge one. Um, I had a client that came to me. A realtor sent this client over. They weren't able to close, and they're like, "Okay, what can we do with this file?" They sent me we got it over, so you know, a I don't know what you call it a hurt file, a a junk file that somebody couldn't do anything. So a rescue file, that's what I'm looking for. So he had this rescue file. that come to me and I'm like, just take an IRA distribution. Like, that's all you need to do. Like, this is easy. I don't know why the other person didn't tell you this is what you need to do. We get it. They knock that out within a week and we're
1: closing in like eight, nine days. Bro. So I had a customer I was working with, um, doing great. Realtor referred me. Um, and so we're using his grandmother as a co-signer because he was self-employed, made good money, but didn't show it. Um, so grandma has an IRA, Non, she's going to be a um, non-occupying co-borrower. Sorry, I'm, just, I'm struggling through words with you. Yeah. <clears throat> so we're adding her as a non-occupying co-borrower. We're going to use an IRA distribution. You yeah, know, So everything's great. We're pre-approved. He finds a home. I call the listing agent, have a great conversation. We end up going under contract. They did a longer contract, 60 days, which ended up being my saving grace, because he calls me. is like, Hey man. So like, I've got a buddy that's a mortgage broker. And I was just like, okay, mm-hmm. you've been working with me for a couple of, of weeks now. Didn't. And now you're going to bring it up. I get you under contract and you're going to say this. He's like, his rates like a little bit lower. Um, and I was just like, okay, well, I mean, my rate is this, you know, and we were back when rates were so stupid low, it almost didn't even make a difference, but I was like, listen, I can't get there. Um, and so then i don't know 20 something days go by and he calls me in a panic but also kind of mad he's like "Derek, like whatever loan you're trying to do like just can't be done and i was like i don't i don't really know what you mean and he's just like yeah my broker buddy said that there's no way you can do this for fannie mae freddie Mac guidelines there's absolutely no way." and i was like ah. but you can and we'll do it and sure enough we closed him in, in less than 30 days and super easy but <laughs>
0: I always say that the, I mean, I don't want to throw people under the bus, but there's other loan offices. They just don't have the knowledge. I mean, this job was super easy. 21, you know, in 2020, 21, I mean, we were order takers. People were coming in left and right. You didn't have to know so much of
1: everything. Everybody was really no, You walk into a room and say, raise your hand if you'd like a rate between 2 and 3%. Yeah. Everyone's going to raise their hand. You that, that was it. So you had these people left
0: and right getting, you know, their LO license and not really understanding the regs and really reading them and knowing what is actually allowed and not allowed that you know somebody will tell you no, you can't do that. And then you just you, you you're defeated. You're like, I'm not gonna then I can't buy this house or whatever the case is. But if you actually talk to the right person and say, No, like this is what you need to do, this is how you need to do it, like you have to know that person that's actually knowledgeable on them. You know, a lot of people get they're looking right at that rate, you know, and it's like, you know, you know, what's great about a low rate on a pre-approval letter is that's all you got. Doesn't mean you're going right. to close on the house. If the loan officer doesn't know what they're doing to be able to close it, then you're, you're, you know, I'll yeah. with it. But that's
1: also what makes our company a little different too. They're big on education. Anytime something's changing, they're letting us know. We're getting emails from corporate on big changes, um, Perf Enemy, Freddie Mac, other investors that we've brought in that allow us to. Um, do some other products too so i don't know i just think we're big on education and that's helped us be more successful than some yeah. other stuff yeah you have
0: you have to be you You just have to know how everything is so another one that right when i got in the business and i know you really like this type of loan this is one of the first ones i did was it was probably my first or second loan that i ever did but it's a family opportunity loan yeah Love a it. lot of people don't understand this at all so let's dive into that one go me Okay. So a family opportunity allows you to buy a home or a pri- buy a primary residence for your parents, your mother, father. You can do it for an adult child, too, if it's uh, there's like what's a couple of disability things that have to go with it.
1: But yes. Um, and then a well, elderly parent, too. I think you can do it for grandparents. I've always done it. Yeah. I've done it for parents. I think you can do but it. For I'm pretty sure you can do it for grandparents too. as well. But what
0: happens is if you, are instead of buying that home as, as a second home or an investment, you're buying it as a primary. So it's a little bit more relaxed on the interest rate and guidelines with it because you, the, the parent's name doesn't have to be on the loan. So they don't have, you don't have to worry about their income. They don't have to be on title. So you can buy your parents a home as a primary and you not actually live there.
1: But you can also, the parent can be on title and then file for homestead. Correct. So you can do that and then kind of lock in property taxes too. Uh, But it's just a great way if you're looking to put mom, dad, grandma, grandpa in a house, let's say they're downsizing or whatever, but put them in a house that they would live in for a while. And then if they have to go into a retirement home later and they need like around the clock care, that's fine. Guess what you have left over? An investment property that you bought with 5% down and a super low mortgage rate compared to investment rates. Yeah. It's awesome. And you
0: are buying, you know, and I don't want people to think like, because this would be considered mortgage property if you buy it saying you're going to do that with your parents and then suddenly make it an investment property. But the intent is to have them move in there. They do live there. They will this, not want to knock on the door and check it, but like that's your intent. Now if they suddenly see it's up for rent right after you bought it, now they're going to deem that loan fraudulent. They might call the note news. Yeah. So. so you're suddenly going to be
1: it's not a monthly payment. You're going to have the whole thing due next month. Right. And we're not trying to do that. No. It's a great tool, great product for when we are housing mom or dad or grandma or grandpa, grandpa um, to put them in a house. And then years later, you know, you've got oh, an investment problem.
0: Where I see it happen a lot is where another thing where I rescued a loan is they were going to go buy this property and their lender told them they couldn't buy it because it was a condo and like one of those townhouse quadplexes you see in Florida, but it's actually considered a condo, but since you just don't own the land, but since it was a condo, they had too many investors in there. So they couldn't buy it as an investment property without going to a a non-traditional loan type. And I was like, okay, well, what are we we looking at with here? And they're like, we're buying it for, he was buying it for his mom. Like, this is family opportunity. Now it's a primary. We don't care about all the investors in there anymore. So it was like being able to change changes well into that and the excitement and, and the gratitude that these people have just because knowing what type of income and what kind of things you can do is, is huge with it yeah love it all right so we we talked about the traditional income, your W-2 salary, hourly people, what happens when you have commission or things that don't always occur all the time, like overtime or, or um, bonuses, stipulations, stuff like that. Um, went over the family opportunity side, we're going to go over one day soon, self-employment, because that's, that's a long yeah. episode. And yeah. then, of course, other things that people don't think about income, their, their pension, their disability, social security, child support, alimony, uh, these are great tools, and then like the biggest one, the IRA distribution that most people don't even realize they can tap into. Right.
1: So, and a lot of times they have to do the RMD, the required month. Uh, is it monthly distribution? I don't think it's monthly, but that's the required distribution. They, once they have year. to take out eventually. They have to take out so much a year. Right. Yeah. At a certain. So age. a lot of times this qualifies within that, anyways.
0: Yeah. At a certain age, they have to take out so much a year. Right. So, Thanks for joining on the today, joining us for this, just looking at different types of income. And then hope to see you guys on the next episode. Thanks, Derek. See you, man.